Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints of Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill, and I'm your guide as we journey through the auto detailing industry. Tonight is the community pub. I'm hopping into uh, some rough tail. Everything rhymes with orange. It's uh, one of my local favorites uh, here. You can find me at Total Auto Solutions on most platforms. If you're on TikTok, find me at Detail Supply App. Best way to get in touch, though, shoot me a text, 918-800-1188. So far tonight, uh, we got Alex, we got Brandon, we got Dustin, and Cody, welcome. What's up, guys? How's your day going, Cody? Oh, it's going great. Looking forward to this cold beer I'm about to pour. Nice. What are you drinking? Um, we're drinking a Southern Tier New Haze uh, Hazy Smooth IPA. All right. Had it before? Uh, I have not. Well, this is my first case I've ever gotten, but um, they're very good if you like a hazy IPA. I do like a hazy IPA, actually. And then you just I, I enjoy quite a few of them. Uh, had a really good one this past weekend when I was having uh having some beers down in Texas. I don't remember which. Gosh, I wish I could go back and remember which one it was because I could put it out. Uh, what was that brand? We've had them on before. They're out of California. Shit. Well, maybe, uh, maybe somebody will hop on here in a minute. Remember? Uh, I don't remember, but I had a really good hazy IPA. That's long story short to say, I don't remember. Don't remember the brand. I'll think of it, right? It's one of those where you pop in your mind later and I'll yell it out. So Brandon, what are you sipping on? Is that a Guinness? Yeah. Guinness again. (laughs) That's the go-to. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it's always good, and doesn't matter how hot it is, how cold, and what I'm eating, it's always good. That's cool. That's cool. Dustin, what are you drinking? Um, it's uh, Bullet Bourbon for me. Uh, bullet Bourbon and Coke right now. Um, didn't have time to get to the store and grab any beer, so had some whiskey, though. <laughs> hey, listen, I like Bullet. Bullet's a pretty good brand of whiskey. Yeah, yeah. I, I do really like it. Um the only other whiskey that I really enjoy is uh, probably Jack Daniels Honey. Um, Crown Vanilla is all right, but uh, you know, other than that, some good old uh, West Virginia Hills moonshine. You know, you know. Yeah, have you done? Um, you done like the flavors? I, I'll get into the peach, but then instead of with Coke, like I normally mix it, if you mix it in with sweet tea and create like a peach sweet tea with whiskey. Oh. Uh, so I uh, American honey and sweet tea. Uh, that was pre- that's pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Alex, what are you drinking tonight? I got nothing. It's water. Nada. <laughs> are you much of a drinker? Because you really usually drink not a lot of water, right? Yeah, no, not re- not really. Yeah. Every anytime I do, I regret it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. I understand. Rob, are you sipping on anything tonight? Thanks for hopping on. Not yet. Not um. yet. <laughs> Not yet. All right. Well, we wanted to dive into a couple of things uh, and uh, float around and get some feedback because we want to, we want to talk about two things. Uh, Rob's going to hop on and Rob, thanks for hopping on. Cause you know, some of the discussions, Hey Kevin, how's it going? Good Marshall. Hey Luis. Good, Good to see you. Hey, Luis. What's oh. going on? Am I going to see you this weekend? Who, me? Yeah. In Jacksonville? Am I going to see you at Mark's? Oh, you're going to be in Jacksonville, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a, one of our free uh, trainings over there at uh, at Mark's new, uh, and we're going to release, you know, the new labels and everything we came out with on the coding line. So we'll be there on Saturday afternoon, and then I'll be uh, – uh, we'll be in Samford on uh, on Monday. You know, oh, okay. Alex's shop, but other Alex. I- I can't promise you a lot, but I'll, I'm busy, but uh, I'll try to see if I can swim by. Well, hopefully so, man. It's always a great time hanging out with you, man. Always yeah, like you. Appreciate that. Yeah. Kevin, man, thanks for hopping on. What are you drinking? Uh, tonight, oh, hold on. Tonight, it's just uh, Yingling. 
lager. Mm. Yingling's a good lager, though. Yeah, Yingling's it is. A good it's lager. one of my favorites. Yeah. I, I, we When we go to the East Coast, we usually will try and grab it. Mm-hmm. Medalla Light? What is that? Medalla from Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah, boy. <laughs> I love it. That's nice. All I'm right, trying, so two, I'm, two I'm topics to we want to talk. <laughs> All right, two topics we want to talk about tonight. Uh, there, there's there's one that we're going to address is we're going to call it the 20,000 jump. And then the other we want to talk, and I'm going to throw this out at the first, uh, uh, and then Rob will hop over to that $20,000 jump. Uh, but we want to talk briefly for just a moment, see what you guys are hearing, because, you know, the news today about Ford closing down, what they say, 50% of their, uh, their manufacturing. We've got anybody in the supply business understands that silicone the other day got hit at 40%. Um, there's all kinds of outages across the country from uh, what's that big extractor company, Mighty. Uh, we're hearing all over that Mighty's not sending out stuff. We're in problems across the industry. And so I want to, before we get into that discussion about, you know, that $20,000 jump, I wanted to just jump around and see if anybody else has been hearing so that we, we just always love in the community to pass around information. You know, last year with the, uh, the virus and everything, we tried to pass out as, as much positive, as much information as we could. Um, so, you know, through this, what we're about to go through, I uh, want to just hear what anybody else is hearing. So, you know, Kevin, Luis, you know, Brandon, anybody, Dustin, Rob, yeah, what, are you guys on. hearing of, of shortages? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I know I, I do a lot of accessories, and uh, I've been waiting on some uh, AMP research. Uh, hold on. Yeah, scoot up just a little. You, I've been, I just I've need been you to scoot up a little. Okay. I've been waiting on some AMP research uh, power step bars for eight weeks. Uh, manufacturers, you know, the, our, our suppliers have had orders in since February and nothing. I've had, I have customers ordering and then canceling because they're tired of waiting. Yeah, we talked to a guy today out of Colorado who's had to refund, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, what was that big, uh, you know, different massive companies that aren't sending stuff out or, you know, we're having issues throughout America. Luis, what did you hear? Did you Have you heard of stuff? No, I, I kind of missed everything because I, <clears throat> I couldn't raise the value. It's got to be the beer. But now I can hear. Okay. Yeah. So, Luis, I was saying, you know, there's a lot of shortages around the country. Are you hearing anything on your end? <clears throat> no, just a, a couple of delay when um, – just getting the products late, you know, because they, they are short, especially uh, PNS products. Uh, if you order it through AutoGeek, especially AutoGeek is right here and, and you know, stored. And uh, <clears throat> and they were short of, of those products. But, I mean, I haven't had yeah, any okay, issues. So, well, so, yeah, so that's what you're hearing. So some shortages from some certain companies. All right, Dustin, what about you, Rob? Anybody else? Uh, I haven't dealt so much with shortages. Uh, I've noticed some price increases. Um, my distributor is very honest with me. Uh, he, he's a really good friend of mine, uh, so he helps me out big time. And uh, so like rubber gloves, for instance. Dude, they went up $50.50 yeah, yeah. a box. Yeah. Uh, you know, like you've been talking, Marty, uh, definitely tire shine, stuff like that, silicone products. Um, so it, it's it, we're definitely seeing some inflation uh, for sure. But uh, um, even, even outside of the detailing industry, just some other stuff, I, I've definitely noticed a hit. Yeah, one yeah. of the problems, if I might add, is, is a lot of these smaller companies in China that make parts for uh, the bigger manufacturers in the United States have gone bankrupt and closed their doors over the pandemic. So nobody is even making these parts anymore to supply the, the manufacturers uh, with their final product. Uh, supply chain issues, right? Yeah. 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 And then the raised price. Yeah. Yeah. A, a company that I go through, um, well, other than Total Auto Solutions for Products, um, a ceramic coating company I, I've been with since 2017. Now I can only buy directly from Germany. I can't even get wow. it in the U.S. anymore. 
Okay. That's a big deal. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very big deal. Free shipping. No, it's like $60, sometimes more. It's, it's insane. Okay. That's good. Good for people to know. Alex, you hearing anything? I did just the same, same stuff that everybody's mentioned. The biggest thing that, that hit me early on was the latex gloves. Yeah. Actually, I drove like an hour and a half because there was a place that said they had 33 boxes in stock for the same 13 bucks I was spending. I got there. Nobody had any idea what I was talking about, but I was ready to buy a dozen boxes because they, they went from 13 bucks to like $23. Yeah. But, and then, and I've been trying to buy stuff um, from like detailed image, like everything's been out of stock. I've, I've, I have two orders placed with them that are delayed because I don't know if they can't get the items or what, but. It seems like everything, and it, and the like the most bizarre things like for everyday life, that like you would wonder how there could be a shortage of, um, doesn't seem to be in stock lately. Uh, you think, think you think that a lot of that, uh, you know, some of the things we hear, which I'd like to toss around ideas, you know, not many people would work in the factories or work in the big warehouses because of Corona and being, you know, and all that. Well, yeah, not even not even necessarily Corona, but if people are getting paid. I was talking to my client today about the unemployment. If people are offered all this money to not work, I guess, I guess they're starting to do things like you have to try to apply for five jobs a week and prove it. And if, if um, like, for example, if somebody applies to work for me and I, and I accept and I, and I, I give them the job, I offer them the job and they deny it, then, then now we can report it um, and they can get flagged and deal with the repercussions of that. I don't know why it took them so long to do that, but yeah, uh, I don't know either. <laughs> they just had a lot of money to give out. Rob, yeah. anything uh, in your supply chain that you're having issues with? The gloves are the biggest thing for me because I buy them by the the case. Yeah, and I, like they're just out of control. The price more than doubled. Yeah, and chances of it going up even further. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've actually, um, I totally forgot, but um, it's been almost impossible to get some vinyl wraps lately. Yeah, everything's been out of stock for months. Huh. Uh, yeah, I haven't heard that. Is it a certain company or they're all out? It might be the company. I've been, uh, I've been going through Vivid Vinyl. And I know the borders are shut down, so that might be why. And how many people had stuff on that uh, ship that got stuck, huh? That how many people funny. had stuff on the ships that were stuck behind the ship? Yeah, there's still people out in the water we hear too, right? Well, all right, well, the main core of the subject that uh, we want to talk about, which is I'm glad Rob hopped on and he's going to go back and forth, no issues, uh, whatever time he can give and everybody else that hopped on too. thank you because we wanted to go over and, 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 and dissect this idea, right? I'm sitting down having some beers with Victor from ride and shine. He hops on here. Um, Charmin from uh, uh, masterpiece. And we're talking through with Victor on, you know, he's got a full-time job at much like many, you know, others of you here tonight and others that listen that detail but, you know, they got a full-time job. And so maybe just detail professionally at night or on the weekends when you can. When does somebody take that step, right? At what point does somebody go from trying and wanting to doing, right? When and why? So... Rob has been on multiple times. Rob spent a lot, many, many hours giving away free information last year. Very thankful for the amount of time that he spent where we went through a whole series on how to go find team members, how to go through an interview process, what to ask, what forms to have, once you hire them, how to start going through training, right? Um, go back and look at, you can listen to those on the podcast, or you can go back and watch the videos on uh, the total auto solutions, IGTV page. And he put out tons of great information that anybody wanting to know how to groom, how to hire, how to do all that process. He put out tons of great information. One of the cool parts that we've learned from Rob is he didn't do a jump. Rob just swam the whole way doing both. 
for as long as he possibly could until it didn't make sense any longer to be doing what he was doing. So that's kind of what I told Victor. I said, Victor, why do you have to jump? Right? The $20,000 leap was my leap. Listen, my leap only cost me 20 grand. I had a shit job, right? I, I was basically put into a clerical position from a ministerial position and I became a answer the phones and book appointments and bullshit, right? Like I hated my job. So for me, I was only giving up $20,000. It wasn't that hard of a leap. And that's a year, right? So I mean, we're talking a grand a week, a month. Like, I mean, I didn't make, I didn't make anything. So it wasn't that difficult for me. There's others that have families. You've got, you know, $60,000 job, $85,000 job, $100,000 job. I don't know. When is it right for you? And so I wanted to go through that because listen, it only cost me 20 and I was able to make that pretty quick. So I was talking to Victor about, what if you didn't go from here down to here and then had to climb? What if you could do both and just keep growing until you could just walk across? Seems like what Rob did. So Rob, I want to dive back into your story. You, uh, you're, you're bartending. And why did you start detailing? Well, you know, it's funny. You could say I almost picked detailing out of a hat. Like me and my friend, we'd always done lawn mowing and sell, you know, we were the first people with CD burners back when that was a thing, you know, like anything that we could do, we, we were doing to make money. And um, at the time we were just working at a motorsports store and we were washing the cars and we just basically said, Hey, it would be cool to, to start a detailing company. And we just kind of did. And, you know, one of the, Rob, good how old were you? uh 23 uh 23 and you're working say that again where were you working i was working part-time for a friend of mine he owned like a i mean i guess you i would i don't even know what they sold it was mostly just like a guy who wanted to have a car shop and everybody just hung out there like i don't don't, it didn't last very long but it was one of those places where i'm not actually sure what 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 they actually sold or how they made money what was your job there, I was just washing cars and hanging out. But at night, I was, you know, I was waiting tables and bartending as my primary means of money. And, you know, that allowed me to work both. You know, if you have a nine to five job, it's difficult to do both. But I had a job that I could shift to nights. So, you know, I was able to, to do both. So daytime, you really didn't sacrifice a lot, right? I mean, not, not, I mean, my day shifts, but basically what I did was I turned into a bartender and got away from restaurants and went to like a bar. So I was working, you know, eight o'clock at night till two or three in the morning. I would come home, go to bed for a few hours and then make it to my 9am appointment, you know, and I was doing that six days a week. At what point while you're there washing cars and working for this guy and you say you just you just started talking to another guy that's working there? No, this was like my, one of my best friends growing up. We've, we've always done this stuff together. Shoveled snow, mowed lawns, you know, everything. Okay, but you're there washing car with the guy at work, right? Yep. And you're just, you're washing a car and at what, do you remember at what point you just finally go, hey, why, well, could we do this on our own? Yeah, we were kicking around things to do, landscaping, you know, like we were just kind of like, hey, what should we do? I'm not a person that works well for others or in a corporate environment. You know, it just doesn't suit me well. So um, I knew that I would have to do something on my own. And I was kind of, I had no formal detailing training. I had nothing going that would indicate that I should be good at detailing. I just, I I literally just kind of picked it out of a hat. Yeah. No, I'm with you too, man. I mean, I'm sitting at a a restaurant with my roommate at that time. I'm also like 23-ish, I guess, somewhere around there. So it's 2002, something like that. Uh, Eating kids take you out, eat sesame chicken, just bitching and moaning about my job, right? And he goes, hey, I've seen people washing cars down at the IGA. It's a grocery store. I was like, okay, I I like washing my rodeo. Still one of my favorite cars was at Azuzi Rodeo. Stick shift, definitely stick shift. And uh, 
that was on my whim too, man. I'm, I pulled it out of a hat also. So I'm with you. I think the reason why I really wanted to talk about that moment where you're washing cars is because as, as we all know, there's plenty of people still doing that today, right? It's, it's a viable, it's a viable. Stop. <laughs> he fell down. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, I, think fucking, I think his dog was getting him. Yeah. I've got this, I've got a puppy that, and I've got this old, old dog. I mean, he's like 11. And they just start chewing on bones. And that puppy just goes and, t- and the, the, you know, the 11-year-old dog can't do anything except lay there and get its ass kicked. <laughs> We're going to get a welfare check on that puppy later. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> yeah. <Just laughs> anyway, so there's a lot of people that are washing cars and then think, boy, what if I could just do this on my own? Right? I mean, that's... It really is a common theme for many, many people, whether it's in a dealership, whether it's in a body shop, you know, wherever, whether it's at a car wash, right? There's working plenty. For, you yeah, know. Work, I, I stopped counting after like 20 detailing companies that had spun off of out of, out of my employees. Wow. So what you, you said, it was just a, a whim. So what was the first thing you did? I used a thousand dollar cash advance on a credit card to buy a shitty old 95 van with 200,000 miles on it and, and bought some stuff and just practiced. Like I, I, again, I never went to, to training or anything like that. I, I was just going to go for it. I remember the one time taking a high speed to the back of the van saying, I wonder how hard and long I can push on this before you actually burn through paint. I found out. <laughs> I actually still have that van. They, they keep it in the, in the back of one of the shops as like a, you know, like a museum piece. It just sits there. <laughs> they call it the OG van. Nobody will get rid of it. It just sits there. And I still see that when I walk by it, that burn spot I put on the back upper pillar on the back of the van. That's awesome. You, you should take a picture with it and send it <laughs> over to us. I'd love to see it, man. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Kevin, did you have a story of when you took a leap or have you always been detailing? Where, where are oh, you? Oh, I was a, uh, uh, I was selling printing and uh, I had a Chevy blazer that had about 175,000 miles on. it. I'd already replaced the transmission and the engine went. And my then girlfriend had said, you've got to go talk to Sheldon, you know, friend of the family. And I said, Oh my God, a used car salesman named Sheldon. I was expecting the spinning tie, you know, the, the whole thing. And, and after five minutes, I wanted to buy a vehicle from him. And I'd been in the printing industry for about 15 years. And it was, it was a bad time for the printing industry. And uh, I asked if he was interested in someone getting into sales. And, and he said, not at the moment, but in about a year, I would be. And uh, he said, no, what this, this industry needs are reconditioners. I said, I, I get so many guys are just doing it as a hobby you know they'll they'll say don't call me on tuesdays because that's when i golf and he was like oh how about if i don't call you at all so it wasn't that long after that that my uh, uh then girlfriend now wife saw an ad for mars international um it was a franchise based out of texas uh, mobile appearance reconditioning service and um I got into that, you know, I, I took their little their online test and I went down and visited and, and decided to take the leap, the uh, $50,000 leap um, and uh, got into it. So we're, we do more, we, we do so much. We do interior repairs, exterior repairs, paint correction, detailing, uh, headlight restoration, windshield. But we have a lot of services, but not everybody does everything. Guys pick and choose what they want to do. Um, the franchise has gone belly up after 2008 because of the, the then uh, financial crisis because guys couldn't get loans to open up a business. Um, they were went from like three operators a week to three operators a year. Um, so they kind of imploded and <clears throat> three other gentlemen and myself took it over and just made it more of it's an association now. And we, um, we manage about 25 guys across the country and, and give them the things that, that, that Mars was never able to give, website, presence, 
spectacular pricing from suppliers. Um, and uh, I, I'm the vice president of that group. So detailing was just, I was completely mobile till about five years ago. And so I was doing a lot of mobile detailing and, and uh, um, you know, we would, we would test products and, and, and whatnot and figure out what was best for us. And, and the, the, the transformation of tools, like you talked about burning through the paint, you know, at, I'm thinking of my DeWalt buffer with the uh, big wool pad and yeah, you could burn through in a heartbeat. Now with like Rufus, you'd have to work to burn through a panel. Um, detailing is a, is a huge part of my business now, but it usually goes hand in hand with paint correction um, and coatings, whether that's, you know, a, a polymer wax up to ceramic coatings. So that's my story. I mean, I, I was, I was a journalism graduate, so this is about as far a leap from that as uh, I ever expected. I think there's a lot of us that also, I mean, we never maybe had intended for detailing to be a thing, but it just, as as I tell people, once it gets in your blood, it's just, it's hard to get out. Yeah. And it just kind of wants to stick. Uh, you know, Brandon, hop in, uh, but let me ask Nick, Nick, what's, uh, what's cooking with Nick tonight? All right, we're finally trying something new again um tonight we got it is a kind of feta tomato pasta dish um i am roasting or baking some little cherry tomatoes and feta in the oven cooking some chicken on the side to go in it and then adding a pasta on top of that so it's going to be like tomatoes feta cheese pasta chicken i love it you'll see uh, yeah It'll sounds great all right so what i want to do uh, Brandon, Derek, Dustin, anybody, Cody, Alex, everybody hop in and ask questions because I want, I want you to pick Rob's brain for a moment because you got an opportunity to talk to a guy who, you know, you heard a story, just a guy that was washing a car and then decided to get into a business. And now he's got over a hundred plus team members, um, doing exceptionally well. So, you know, this is a chance to pick his brain and any questions about, you know, what maybe you should do, anything practical, you know, so I, I want to give you guys that shot. Hey, Rob, I got one real quick. Mm -hmm. So at what point would you say, at least in, in, in your world, in your opinion, in your life, would you say it would be worth it to leave a job with good benefits? When you have a spouse that has all good benefits. <laughs> so I had an advantage. I was 24 years old, no kids, no family, you know, like at that age, you're just kind of winging it. You know, when I, I didn't have as, I didn't have much to lose. So, you know, the thought of doing it now with two kids and a mortgage and, and, you know, it would be a much scarier venture for me now yeah. than it was at that time. Uh, Nick, great question, though, because that's that's one reason why I wanted to, to broach this subject. And that's one thing that I, I talked to him this weekend, because I was like, it might not be for you to take the jump. Right. That's what I'm thinking, too. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. or uh, I'm in this boat here because you guys know I work for Tesla. I'm a lead detailer for the national team. And, you know, I'm always thinking, damn, I want to do some like more Concord work, some more refined stuff so it's not just production detailing it's nicer stuff and well i need my own business for that came up with a name and all that but i just haven't gone through with it and i'm thinking to myself well when or if is it going to be worth it i've got amazing benefits i've got a hell of a lot of stock in the company i've got all my insurance taken care of and several other things so i'm thinking well i take home like 1200 bucks every two weeks and that's not, that's not all that much. 2,500 bucks a month. That's not, not the best pay, but the benefits are there. So I'm thinking, okay, at what point would that be worth it in my life to step out and try it on Could my you own? Do them both? Could you do your detailing like on yeah. the weekend and, and, you know, build your I, client I, I possibly base could. before you? That's what I do, Nick. I, I do it. Um, yeah. I do it. I like totally agree with that. Or, if you can do both. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's I, a lot. It's tough, but uh, if you can do both, I would definitely do it. I mean, I even have times in my job where, like, well, I only work like four days, and yeah. the, the fifth day, it's like, oh, you don't you don't have to come in. It's like, cool. So I'll schedule. The only the only downside I have is that uh, occasionally you'll get I'll on my website. Ever since I've been doing a lot of stuff, 
I'm getting calls from people now and I just can't do, can't fulfill them right now because I'm, I got to work my other job. Like you said, keep my benefits and stuff. Um, but I do it on the weekends, but you just got to sacrifice your time. But to me, I just, yeah. keep, I just love doing it. So the extra money helps. Um, but I, I would try to see if you could do it on the weekends and just see okay. how you like it from there. Just try to be consistent with it. Like I try to do it every weekend. I mean, unfortunately this month I got a wedding coming up and then mother's day. So I've been told I, I can't do each other in the wedding. So I was like, damn. That's a good point. I'll give that a shot. Usually what I do is, is the, the stuff I do is I'll have a friend that needs a correction and, or, or something, you know, they want their pay cleaned and usually I'll, I've got all the correction stuff. So usually I'll just book a weekend with them or one or two days and, and, you know, do their correction for them then. But it's, it's a very seldom thing. It's, it's not like, Oh, I have a job lined up like every week or two weeks. It's a kind of completely random. You know, I have the ability to go, you know, take on more work for sure. And I just haven't taken that step yet. Well, getting the work is the hardest part. You know, when you when you go to make that change, I keep my first couple year schedule books around on my desk so I can pick them up once in a while and look that I'll have days in a row sometimes where I had nothing booked. I remember calling my phone, um, my work phone line to make sure that it was still working. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, yeah. is this phone still been, been there done that many times yep <laughs> oh, yeah my my first february because we had a horrible winter in in 2008 i booked 253 dollars entire month um you know and you're mobile and you can't even get out of the driveway and i remember thinking like what have i done uh since then it's like i've got to look at my google calendar every day just to remind me of what i have scheduled so you know, mm-hmm. it, there's definitely growth but it is, it's a leap and it's, it's, you know, it's a leap of faith, but and it's scary. Luis thoughts. I went from, uh, I've been doing this for a long time, you know, 30 years plus, you know, I started at a dealership, but <clears throat> I stopped because of the, the, the employees that I had, they get paid, they didn't show up. Oof. And I had wholesalers that would buy cars from uh, from the auction. So they had to be done rain or shine, but it had no employees. So I stopped and I looked for something else. So I did uh, HVAC for a couple of years. Still had my clients and I did detailing. So I went from uh, $200,000 a year and I decided to stop just like that, my wife freaked out, and I said, "Well, we're, we're getting a van. I mean, a, a trailer, and I'm gonna go back to what I was, what I was doing before, what I love." I, got I thought you, were, I thought you were gonna say we're gonna get in a van and live down by the river. No. That's really what I thought you were gonna say. <laughs> no mad living. No. No, <laughs> no but uh, yeah, the the big jump. It's uh, it's 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 scary for a lot of people. You know, <clears throat> you know, we we saw ourselves uh, from a high income because I I went from being a helper to an installer, and then service, and then sales. And that's where you make the money on HVAC. You know, you can make a lot of money. And uh, so I stopped, <clears throat> and I told my wife I had to be, the reason why is because I live in Florida, and there's a lot of uh, plumbers, electric, and they have a bad reputation. And uh, I'm very ethical when it comes to uh, business. And when I see companies taking advantage of people, it was time for me to get out. I, I did not want to get involved. So I told my wife, I called her up. I said, I'm going to turn the van in, get my uniform ready, and we're going to start a business again on detailing. So it's uh, scary moments where you don't sleep. You know, mortgage, and then, but we made it through. You know, our company is, uh, it's not a big company. You know, we're very uh, exclusive. We do, we dedicate ourselves just to one client, one car a week for coatings and our maintenance wash, you know? So it's just me and my wife and, uh, it's hard to, to jump and uh, get employees because I've been there before. 
Am I going to grow eventually? I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm booked all the way up to July, but I want to buy. I want to. I want to get guys in, but it's hard to find somebody that you put it up there to your client, and they're so used to have that one-on-one -on -one relationship, and they know how you do it, and it's it's kind of hard. But I have to That's do it. That's a great. Let. All right, Rob. Did you run into that? You know where the customer might be expecting you, and now you got to put a team member in front of them. You know how 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 does Luis handle that? Well, you just start bringing them with you for a little while and get the customer used to them, and then you know once they're once they've become accustomed that they're going to get the work that that you are giving them. A lot of times, the customer doesn't care. They just they just want to make sure the work's the same. They don't necessarily care who's doing it. Why do just you say that they don't care? Well, because they just want a service in any in any industry, you know you don't necessarily get the same person every time we have people request our detailers and we tell them we'll do it if we can, but if that person calls out or there's, you know, some sort of thing that we have to rearrange, you know, we don't ever make promises like that. I mean, when I, when I started to make that change, I would just show up in the, the start, collect the keys, introduce the person to, you know, find out, you know, just do the normal walk around stuff and make sure the customer was good. Then I would leave the guy to do it and then come back at the end and then check it out, check the customer out and collect payment. So to them, they didn't, if they didn't look outside their window, they wouldn't even know the difference. Yeah. The, the, uh, the, the problem is uh, it's, it's training that person and showing up at a customer's house and then let them go. Uh, it just, you know, you get, you get help and they're there for maybe a month or two and they move on. They think they're professional and they want to start their own business. You know? you and that same question coming up. Yeah, how that you, was, that was going to be my question too. Yeah. How you handle those uh, new employees, even though you offer them, um, see the way I'm thinking is if I get an employee, I'll pay them by the hour. And then throw some um, some commission if they can start talking about coins and all that, and give them a commission if they were able to say, "Hey, Lewis, I got a, I got one of the customers. They're interested on a on a coding, and if I close the deal, then I can give them a commission. Those are the ones that will stay with you, but then the the other ones, they just doing it just to get some money on the weekend. Then they don't show up." Well, I think you just got to work on your hiring then. You're not hiring the right people because yeah. there are people out there who work. You, you, you know, you've just, you've got to find the right person. I found finding a hard worker with, with responsibilities will keep them there. You can train in detail. You can train anybody to be a detailer. I, I found that you can't train them to have a good work ethic and come to work on time and work hard. You can't train people to do that. They either do it or they don't. You need to find those people and then train them to be detailers. All right, so let me let me answer this question with another question. Because, listen, Luis, Brandon, Julian, I think I think we all have, and especially, listen, I, I used to run a car wash, right? Like, we were paying people as little as we possibly could because we knew they were getting tips. People would come and go. We would have no shows. I had guys showing up high like listen i mean team members are always difficult at that age at that demographic at that price point so one of the ideas and i'm going to borrow this idea from rob and i'm going to borrow this idea from nick because he talked about it i think last week rob likes to find people that have responsibilities right whether that's a, a wife whether that's a child whether that's a husband you know, whether that's somebody that lives with them, whether, you know, somebody that needs a job, first of all, right? So in that interview process, you're going to have to somehow figure out, and that's why I'll jump over to Rob here in a second. How do we go about finding those type of people? Like, because you're right, there's people that don't need jobs. There's people that don't give a fuck, right? But there are plenty of people that have responsibilities that they have to get paid. So we've got to find those people but then 
as owners, we also got to look at it. And especially being we're a one man, two man operation. I got to look at these people and go, Hmm. And this was Nick's point. Would I be able to survive on what I'm paying? Right. Let's reverse the shoes. If that person's the owner and I'm the team member is what was offered enough to meet my needs. Right. Could I put myself in their shoes and have enough money to survive and then actually live and then maybe actually have a career building a business with me, right? Those are the questions we've got to ask ourselves. So Rob, when we're doing that interview, how do we go about finding out, right? Cause we got to ask legal questions. There's hey, things we can right? Exactly. That's why <laughs> that's exactly what I wanted to come to you with this. Like what can we ask? What can we not ask? to see if that's a person that has some debt, has some responsibilities, has something that they have to get paid so that then we can just find out what do they need, right? So if we can meet those needs, and this is, uh, this is something that, that we have to address as owners because we gotta look at our own budget, right? We gotta see what we can pay out. Could I pay somebody a little bit more because I knew that they might stick around longer? Go for it. Yeah, you know, it comes down. So I, my CXO, my number two in charge, I started him at $12 an hour. He makes $140,000 a year right now. So, you know, like they're all, you, if you can get them advancement and get them trained and show them what they need to be doing, you can find these people out there. And, and in the interviews, you know, you get better at it. I've, I've interviewed a lot of people. So, you know, you can find out, you can't ask them, how old are you? Are you married? Uh, you know, like, do you have kids? You can't ask straight questions like that, but you can certainly get that information out of them by making small talk, you know, just, oh, hey, you know, just kind of tell me about yourself and, and see what they volunteer and see if you can get them to, to tell you what's important to them. What are they, what are they after? And then once you have them, making sure that you continue to meet those goals. Last week, I talked about Adam, who's my CXO. He, he takes all of the people in his shop there and he writes down their goals and he puts them up on their wall and follows up with them and asks, how are you doing on this? You know, you, Craig, you wanted a new car this year. Are you getting anywhere on that? Is there anything we can do to help? So there's a lot more that goes into once you have them, they need to know that you actually care about them and that you want them to succeed too. Because if, if they feel that way, they'll stay with you. I started basically hiring one person and they'd last the season and I'd lose them in the winter and I'd have to start over. But training and onboarding and getting them ready is expensive. It's a hell of a lot more expensive than paying them a little more and not having to worry about having that person cycle through constantly month after month and year after year. I do have a question and uh, <clears throat> we're into getting somebody, uh, you know, you got the, uh, where you have to put them eventually on the uh, on the van and then you have to put them on your insurance so how how you manage to do that when it's a new guy and how you look at the background you know for the license and all that and then you have to pay your insurance uh, you'll you be ended up paying more uh, because now you're reliable uh, on somebody else you know when of course, you start Luis Luis, great question. Great question. I'm, I'm interrupting because I understand where you're going and, and, and I want to I want to throw your answer with the story. Right. I've had to train people to drive. OK, they've got to have what a license. I'm going to do the insurance. But imagine when you keep paying insurance on these people and then they never show you that license and you get to that point and oh, whether well, their license is expired or well, they got something on their record or I mean, always nonstop. We're always going to mess with people. I have people that lied for months, months, right? It's just, it, it is what it is. Like we got to understand that there's people that are going to do whatever they can to get a little bit of money. And sure, they might be gone in a month. They may be gone in three weeks. I had a guy falling asleep next to me while I'm driving because he couldn't drive. And I'm like, dude, are you fucking, I'm not going to pay you to sleep, right? So he quits the next day because we stayed out too long. 
right? I mean, it is what it is. You, we're always going to mess with people. People are always, it's just, it is what it is. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a tough thing that we deal with, no doubt, but you know, what do we need in insurance? It really isn't too bad. If it, the background checks, you can have the insurance company run it. Or if you, if you do, and Rob and I have these different thoughts, we'll go back and forth on this. I'm a big fan for that reason and some other reasons of using a staffing agency. If you use a staffing agency to hire that person, they will already have done the background check. They'll do your drug test. They'll do all that stuff. They'll pay your workman's comp. They'll do all that and they'll roll it into your fee. And that handles it all for you. You can get that off your mind and you don't have to worry about that. Right? I mean, that is an answer. And of course, you might cycle through them, like Rob said, but you, the, the benefit of having a staffing company and somebody that's working for you to bring you somebody, you can just go, yeah, that didn't work. I need somebody else. It's their job to bring you the most talented person. And if the best salesman that works for a staffing company, what they do is they start going, all right, we're sending you the wrong people. We need more information about what you're actually looking for so that they can find the right person because they don't like to cycle through, right? It fucks with their money. So if you get somebody to work for you to bring you the right person, it will help solve that problem. Then the only thing you got to worry about in that question is your insurance, right? Well, if they got a good enough background, your insurance really shouldn't go up, but you know, 50 to a hundred bucks a month, really. My insurance didn't go, it doesn't go up at all. And I mean, I've got, you know, a hundred drivers. So, you know, what they do for me is we just, when we hire them, when we do their I-9s, we do that, we take a, part of it is taking a picture of their license and we just turn it into the insurance company. And then every six months, the insurance company comes to us and kind of does an audit. We go through and they go, who's not here? Who are we missing? And, and we go through them one by one and, and clean it up. And not once ever up or down has my license as my cost changed. It just, it, it, I, I pay for commercial insurance that includes the drivers on my vans. So they don't screw with me. Sometimes one will come back and they'll just say, sorry, this person can't drive. And, and I do get those, a couple of DUIs or a suspended license, or you know, sometimes these guys don't even know their license is suspended. The insurance company tells me and I tell them and they didn't have an, any idea. So you know, they, they as, as long as they are not like a totally reckless with a couple of DUIs, I have not found that it alters my insurance at all. I got, I got a question for you, Rob. So what's the difference between hiring somebody or subbing out somebody? Well, as a subcontractor. Well, the thing about a subcontractor is they have their own company and there's really, I mean, you can try to get them to prevent you from taking that business, but you know. Luis, I think you're, I think you're asking the question of what I got away with for many years, right? I mean, are you mean like making them a 1099 employee and, and yes. yeah, especially if, um, so me and my wife were thinking about our growing a business to, uh, to a shop um by by November uh after SEMA if SEMA goes on I'll be there but uh just to have somebody do the uh PPF and uh window tint oh yeah you can easily sub that out so so yeah. here so here's the thing here's what makes them it, it, the legal definition of a subcontractor is someone who you only provide the job to they bring their own tools they complete the work. They do everything themselves. So a lot of times, pretty much any detailer that has people on as 1099s are, it's illegal and you will eventually get caught. You know, they're just, they're low foot hanging fruit and the fines are ridiculous. You know, they, they should be W-2 employees unless you are going here, go to Rob's house, do this job and you provide nothing else. That is not, the, you can't even provide the qualification for a 1099 employee. Yeah. Now, what'd the, you um, say? Oh, oh, Luis, hold on one second. Alex, what'd you say? You, you te Technically, you can't even legally provide their schedule. 
No. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So you, you can give them a deadline, and if they can do it, then they can do it. But you cannot tell them, hey, you need to be here on the 5th of May at this time. It's, it's completely up to them when they want to do it. Right. And everything else is beyond your control. Yeah, exactly. Luis, I, I think, you know, what, what I did, and I guess is what I'm not saying, this is what you were asking, but it is a common question throughout the industry. I found a guy that wasn't legal. <laughs> uh, I paid him in a check, you know, so that I could show it. He, he would, let me rephrase that. He was a, he was, he was, uh, see, he was from Ghana. He had a, he had a, a work visa. There we go. Uh, so I could pay him a work based off of his work visa. Um, but so I just said, Hey, can I just cut you a check for this at this amount of, you know, like, listen, I get it. I, 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 I did, I ran that risk and I ran that risk for about three and a half years. Um, it, it is a risk that you can pay somebody just the hours and not pay the taxes. It is yeah. a risk. The, the other question that I will have for Rob is um, how long before you put that employee on your payroll while he's on training? Will you pay, uh, you put him right straight to payroll or you wait until he's well-trained and then add him to the payroll, make it official? I mean, set, you know, you have to pay him something, but. Yeah, so. We, as a, as a bigger business, like part of your onboarding is you're doing all that paperwork. I don't feel like dealing with that. So, so, so one of the things, if you don't pay them right away, well, you'd have to pay them right away. So if you're talking about giving them cash or writing a check for them, yeah. you end up having to pay the, the taxes on that. So, so let's say, let's say they work for you for four weeks and then you let them go. If they made more than a certain amount of money, which I think is about a thousand dollars, then you have to file paperwork for them. You have to tell the IRS that you paid them. So they, they can't really, you can issue them a 1099 and just hope for the best and, and hope that you're left alone, which you probably will be. If you put them on your payroll, then to what you would have to do is you have to put them on your payroll and then basically advance the money out of their check because you've already paid it for them and you end up having to pay all of the taxes that you didn't pay at the time because they weren't on your payroll. So it, it kind of makes a mess. When I hire somebody, I just put them on the payroll and if they work one day or five days, you get a paycheck and, and you just leave and I take them back off the payroll. Yeah, over here, over here is uh, the, for me to... I got um, I got two guys that I trust um, down here and where I live, and uh, and they'll help me out on uh, paint correction or laying down the ceramic coatings. So out of mine, it has to be a minimum of below five hundred bucks. You know, so I don't show that I have an employee. I mean, as to pay them. Yeah. And, and so I just want to ask why, like, why not just go get, like I said, I mean, the easiest thing to do. And the reason why I say it's easy is because if, if, right, if we hope to eventually continue to grow business, right, we have to understand what we're good at and what we're not good at. What we're not good at, we need other people to handle that for us. Mm -hmm. I knew I wouldn't be good at paying taxes and and, and keeping up with my books and all that, right? So I, I paid a bookkeeper ever since I started because I just knew I wouldn't be good at it, right? The reason that I still say go find a service is because you won't ever, you, you get all that stress off your head. You get all those questions. You get everything, right? So you got to hire somebody. They're the ones that hire them. They're the ones that do it. They're the ones that do everything and you go through training. If they don't work, you bring in somebody else. It's part of the process. But at least you can take a lot of that headache and all those questions off your plate. Because, Luis, like I said, man, I started that way, but I knew I couldn't continue that way. And, and like Rob said, it's, it's a massive risk today. Of, and there's a lot of detailers that are listening that will 1099 people. And it is true. It, it is illegal in what they're doing. 
Mm -hmm. You run that risk. We all get it. Just understand everybody understand that it, that it is a risk. Um, Nick, I want to hop in. Are you uh house cooking with Nick going? Are you, you got anything? Of course we do. All right. I'm actually plating it up right now. All right. Walk us through it. What is it? Get in there. All right. So basically pasta, you guys know how to cook pasta, boil water pasta. Um, mm -hmm. chicken is over here. Got chicken resting right now, about to cut it up and throw it in here. So all I did in this, in this tray, uh, you just roast tomatoes in the oven at 400 for about 35 minutes. Throw some olive oil in there. Just like lay a base of tomatoes, throw olive oil in there, add garlic, and then add a block of feta cheese right in the middle. Bake it at 435 minutes, mix it all together. You get this. You add your pasta in, you get this. Plate it up, add your chicken at the end, and well, we're almost there. Looks so. delicious, man. Looks delicious as Thank always. You, Derek, we haven't even said hi, man. You've been quiet all night. Uh, how's the week been? Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, I've been a little busy at work, and then this weekend I did, uh, did some nice car. I did a pretty nice car for this one guy, um, brand new Q7. So, uh, but, uh, this weekend, like I said, it's just starting, like I was telling these guys, starting to get a lot of people calling me and I just got to turn down work, um, until late. So, but this is a good conversation because I've been yeah. kind of hemming and hawing it is. with, uh, with, I, uh, going on with quitting, with uh, leaving my full-time job soon. Um, cause it's starting to get a little like crazy there and it's like all, all the, I'm seeing all the work coming in. And uh, like I, I got three calls today from people like saying, "Oh, can you come do it today? Come do it next week." And I'm like, "No, sorry." And it's just Kelly. It's starting to hurt. It's starting to really hurt me right here. And, and but I'm I'm getting close, I think. But All right. So what I otherwise what good. I want to what I want to do next week. Um, so Derek, I want to go into the tab out question because next week I want to go into this. Right. I want to go into sort of a blended thought of of what Luis you just asked. Um, and what I talked with Victor about this past weekend, how can we bring somebody on and, and we switch our hat and this doesn't mean that we leave our, our gig, right? How do we just switch our hat, right? So in our mindset, when we're working for somebody, we, we have a certain mindset, right? We have to answer, right? When we're the owner, it's sometimes hard for that shift to happen so how do we as owners require somebody to go out and do work and go through all, all that stuff that Luis is talking about of them not doing this or somebody going out like and how do we manage that person so that we can continue working until we get to that point where we don't have to jump to where we get to that point where this team member or the other team member comes on and all along, we've just been managing these people and managing our business so that once that business gets up, it actually doesn't even make sense for us to stay at our job, right? I would like to have that discussion. And once again, I'll always say that might not ever be your case, right? You might stay here and this job might give you this opportunity to where it far outweighs this, right? It's not everybody's goal in life to go be their own boss. It just isn't, right? And it shouldn't be. It, it really shouldn't. The number two, the number four, the number, was it Gary Vee always says, what, the number 37 at Facebook makes a lot more money than most of us, you know, right? Like, it doesn't really matter that you work for somebody. It really doesn't. It matters you finding out what you want out of your life. And you know what? If building up a business that we can help you with that's what we want to do, you know, like, so Rob, man, thanks for your time. And hopefully we can get you again. And, you know, cause I really would like to, to dive into that. How could we still run, right? Still, still have our job, but start to manage our business so that we can have other people building it for us. And, and let's dive into that next week. Derek, what's the tab out question of the night? All right. So I think I sent this over to you, but, uh, I think it's I been pretty it, fun. I, oh, okay, that's okay. Um, so it's gonna be a bit of a surprise. So, um, so I just gotta ask you guys, since not not I don't know if all of us are married or or whatnot, but uh, 
how do you know when uh, you and your partner are a little too, you know, comfortable with one another? Okay, that went okay. So, all right. So, to the people that haven't been on, this is uh, we call this the tab out question of the night. Uh, the bar's closed, right? We're closing down the bar. It's time for you to tab out. Mm. If you've ever been drunk at a bar, you know, there's always that random guy that asks the weirdest ass shit question. So, the question, I guess, is uh, how do you know in your relationship if you're too comfortable? I, yeah, how do you know? How do you know when you and your partner are just you know, too comfortable with one another. When, when does it reach that level when you're just way too comfortable? Yeah, but it, is there a certain, uh, I, I mean, is there such thing as way too comfortable? Oh, wait yeah. a minute. Wait a minute. I, give, give me that answer and then we'll find this out. Can I mean, be- it's, it's pretty easy. It's when you ask if we can do butt stuff tonight and she says, sure, <laughs> yours are mine. <laughs> hey, that's what I was waiting for. Bring out the red panties. <laughs> Are we way too comfortable? <laughs> all right, let, let's go around the room so we don't all talk over each other. All right, Kevin, what was your answer? Uh, when, you, when you start farting in front of each other. <laughs> yeah. That, that is That's true. What I was going to say, too. Actually. Yeah, that is all true. Right. Well, I got another one for you if you want one. Yeah. <laughs> all right brandon what's your answer once you have kids together man I, t- everything goes i mean <laughs> everything so it doesn't matter anymore you're taking dumps in the bathroom <laughs> together like it, it doesn't matter <laughs> you know as a cody. man i've been oh sorry go ahead cody so I'll have to tag along with the uh, farting thing, but add a little little bit more when you're uh, spooning naked, she's sleeping, and then farts on your day. Uh, that's that's about as far as it goes. <laughs> it might be worse than mine. Yeah, I don't know that I've had that. So I, I haven't gotten too comfortable. It's, it's so surprising. It's the worst. Dustin, I'll go back to you, man. Man, the whole bathroom thing. So I've been with my wife for, um, let's see, well, six years. Um, And I, no, my bathroom time is my bathroom time. (laughs) Like, it's. it's You have kids yet? He absolutely does not care. I'll be in the shower and she just blasts through the door and I'm like, and then she. I locked the door, dude. <laughs> like, I Same here, bro. Same yeah. here. Like, yeah, man. I'm like, that's that's my time. I don't. <laughs> yeah. No animals, nothing. That's my time. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's your private space, man. Like this is it. This is my this is my home right here. Like, let's get out. Like, <laughs> this... All right, Nick, are you around? I don't see Nick. Oh, Julian. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Hey, Nick. You got an answer? Honestly, I think I might be too young for this one, man. At least in a personal relationship. Now, business relationship, I could talk about all day. But in terms of a personal relationship, I'm too young for that at the moment. I'm, I may be 22, but I can't speak on personal relationships enough. Nick, it's okay, never, man. Never, never I'm 43, and I still can't. Hey, cool. Alex, what would you say? I said don't mix business with pleasure. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right, Julian. Signs if you're too comfortable with your relationship. You're getting freaking in public. Oh. You get I didn't it broke up. I didn't hear it. What'd you say? That's the perfect amount. Getting freaky in public. Oh, okay. Getting freaky in public. How freaky? <laughs> yeah, I mean what I'm gonna I'm gonna leave how freaky. Yeah. I'm gonna leave you. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave you to your imagination. Huh. Well, damn. Sometimes that's been a one date. Then I don't know. <laughs> uh, most people, most people's freaky is vanilla to me. So I don't really know, like, what kind of scale you can rate that on. <laughs> yeah, everyone has their own that, taste. Julian, I'm with you though. Like, I'm not gonna go walk down the street and make out with somebody. No, I do that. Yeah, I won't do that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a P PDF kind of guy, or PDA PDA. My bad. Yeah, public display of affection. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right, John Reinshine, are you with us? I am. Sorry, guys, it cut out. I missed. Uh, I missed the question. What was the question? Uh, how do you know you're too comfortable in a relationship? <laughs> oh God. Oh, when you're having sex and she's willing to say you're ugly, turn over and do it the right way. You know, when you're when you're comfortable, it's like no. When you're able to actually laugh and actually have sex at the same time and, and still do your thing, you know you're comfortable and, and uh it's it's you know, they don't show that in the movies, you know, falling over and, and keeping it going. No, you fall off the bed, you're a tomb. Yeah, it's some days, not everybody's pretty. And that's the bottom line. Man, I love it. I love it. That's community right there. Oh, God. <laughs> that's community. Guys, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for hopping on. Kevin, great to see you. Louise, great to see you. Hopefully, we'll see you Saturday. Brandon, Alex, Dustin, Cody, thanks for hopping on. Derek and Julian and John, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. We'll see you all next week. Have a good one, guys. Appreciate everything. All right. See you. All right. Is is Rob still on? Can I ask him a question? No, he's gone. Uh, I was was waiting to intervene, but it's, it's all good. No worries. Uh, hopefully we'll get them next week, man. Yeah, because earlier when Luis asked the question, um, that's not what I was getting at. I was he mentioned a lot of detailers built businesses off being employees, and that's what I was gonna get at. Like, how do you deal with that? But I'm one of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll uh I'll try and get him on next week again, man. All good. Thank you. All good right, you're you're working too much. <laughs> all right see you guys see ya Bye, everyone later okay episode is over if you got any value from it leave us a review share the episode and find us on tiktok it would mean the world to me